Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Up Podcast. Joining me today is Stella DeHuro. Stella has been in child nutrition for the past 13 years and is currently the food service director at Bonita Unified School District in California, where she serves over 9,000 students. Stella is a chef by trade and Le Cordon Bleu graduate who worked under the renowned Wolfgang Puff. Stella has received several awards, including Management Employee of the Year, and she was a recipient of the California League of Hunger Heroes Award in 2021 by No Kid Hungry for her commitment to offering healthy meals with her culinary touch to students in the community she serves. Sponsoring this episode is the Mushroom Council, and we're lucky enough to be joined by Melissa Marsden herself. You might recognize her from First Taste TV and from the show floor. Melissa has been in child nutrition for over 25 years and is now a self-employed consultant for agricultural marketing boards. She is also a member of SNA, ACTA, and she's active with all school nutrition USDA efforts. But you know what? Enough of the intros. Let's get into the conversation about how we can use mushrooms in schools in innovative ways. I am here with Melissa and Stella. So we obviously have to get some introductions from the both of you. Melissa, how about we go with you? Hi, I'm Melissa Marsden, and I'm so pleased that I'm able to work with the Mushroom Council on behalf of Mushrooms in Schools for the past 10 years. It's been great. So 10 years with, with Mushrooms in Schools. So what is your favorite thing about working with the organization? And what exactly do you do? Well, that's a good question. But uh, what I do is represent the farmers uh, through social media, ad campaigns, and representation at... Uh, uh, events such as the School Nutrition Industry Conference and other coming events. So we're proud to represent at uh, CACFP coming up in April. So our goal is to raise healthy mushroom eaters and support our local American agriculture at the same time because mushrooms are local in every state. So they're really easy to incorporate into the farm to school program when other produce might be harder to get. And you can literally grow mushrooms anywhere, right? Absolutely, and they're grown inside so that the weather does not impact them like many other crops. You're hearing a lot about vertical farming as the latest thing. Mushroom farmers have been doing vertical farming for their whole lives. I That's love what they do. I love it when I get to ask questions I know the answer to because you've been on so many <laughs> stuff with me. Like I knew exactly what you were going to say. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> he leads it up. <laughs> yep. And Stella, tell us about you because you have a pretty interesting story. Yeah. Uh, my name is Stella Ndahura and I'm a food service director. At which district? Uh, right now, Bonita Unified District. Two weeks ago, Rosemead School District. Uh, K through 12 school districts. And I am originally from Uganda, a small little country in East Africa. I've been in America for 15 years. And my background is culinary arts. I have a degree in culinary arts from Le Cordon Bleu and also a food service management degree. I got into schools. Um, I started working for Wolfgang Pack, which was quite an experience. I loved working in the commercial kitchens. But then I discovered school, and I discovered that schools were my passion feeding students. I am very, very passionate about ensuring that 
low-income students, students from low-income families, because I'm from Africa, and there's a lot of low-income families in Africa, and it's really hard for them to get a meal. So for me, when I discovered that I can do the same and be part of eliminating hunger in America and making sure that those kids from those homes receive a meal when they come to school, I found that uh, this was my calling, and that's how I got into schools. And uh, I have done quite a bit of interesting things, yeah, one of which is introducing mushrooms on the school menus. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to be here with you and Melissa to just talk about the offerings of mushrooms in schools. Yeah, so before we dive into the mushrooms, what was school food service like in Uganda? Oh, that's interesting. And did that's they, an interesting story. And do they eat mushrooms over there? Yes. We grow mushrooms in uh, Uganda and generally in East Africa, mushrooms are part of our uh, meals. Uh, we add them to something called, in my country, we make a peanut stew, mm -hmm. which is made out of the red little, uh, here they're called Spanish peanuts. They have the red skin and we mash them until they become a pest. We add water and onions and dried mushrooms. Do you have some of that here today? Yes. <laughs> you can actually see what it looks like. But um, we add dried mushrooms to that, and that makes for the meat substitute and flavor to that sauce. So, yes, we grow mushrooms. Are they offered in schools in Africa? Not really. Not in Uganda, at least. Uh, because in Uganda, there's not a robust school meal program like in America. Most kids don't receive meals at school because the funding is not there. Unfortunately, that's really sad. A lot of kids in Africa go hungry. And when you are in a boarding school like I was, I, was, I went to a boarding school, uh, you know, really to get to eat really good food like the kids here in America do, you pretty much eat beans as a staple. You eat um, something called posho. It's a corn corn mix, and uh, you eat a few vegetables here and there, but I think that the kids in America are so lucky because they have these options. They have fruits, they have vegetables, they have whole grains, they have uh, protein, they have meat, meat alternates mm -hmm. in their menu, and those are things that, unfortunately, the kids in my country don't have. So when I see a lot of food waste here, it really hits me hard. Yeah. And I've had to pull myself away from those trash cans when I look at them because it just takes me back to those kids on the other end of the world that can go days, some days, to sometimes a day or two without a meal. So do you think that, so I know, Melissa, you have these growing kits because you actually gave some to me for my kids mm -hmm. to use. Um, so if there was a program that the students in Uganda could, you know, get involved in to actually grow their own mushrooms, do you think they would be, they would enjoy eating them and yes. the actual, <laughs> and actually producing them and growing them? Yes. African kids are very appreciative. So if you put or teach them a skill, they are very willing and up to learning, especially if it has to do with farming, because a lot of them see their parents, their grandparents, 
go to the farms. That's one way people make a living in Africa. Mm. They farm, they grow crops in their backyards. That's how they get food to eat. We don't really go to supermarkets to buy our food. I remember growing up, my grandmother had a big garden and she grew most of her crops. She grew sweet potatoes, she grew cassava, she grew what was called matoke, is a banana. Mm -hmm. That's very staple in Uganda. We use it, in, it's part of all our meals. She grew. Is it more greens. like a banana or like yes. plantain? Or it's plant, it's like a plantain. plantain and a green banana. Okay. But when you cook it, it's not sweet. It takes on the consistency of a mashed potato, and you eat that with fish, with beef, with mushrooms, with chicken, yeah. with peanut stew, whatever we have available. It sounds like something that we call green banana in Jamaica. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, yes, to answer your questions, I think that if those kits are available to African kids, I think they would really step up to the game. They would be excited about growing their own food, about the resources, and about having a little bit of a change mm. in menu options that are available because there's very limited menu options for them. And it's not because the resources are not there, the land is fertile, so anything pretty much grows. It's just the funding. There's not enough funding to feed all the kids in the country. I don't know, Melissa, I hear a, a collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should work on something together to, uh, to get some mushrooms in Uganda. Well, uh, unfortunately, my, my <laughs> job is to represent U.S. farmers. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so it makes it uh, a little difficult to go out of the realm. But we do share resources across the world. Mm. You'll find that blending is occurring in some of the countries, including like Australia and others, where uh, the situation with protein mm -hmm. and cost is, is skyrocketing. So uh, we do have different agricultural support, but in general, we're there to support current agriculture. And unfortunately, we can't go to Uganda. You get it. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on you guys. <laughs> yeah, we're well, because I want to go. Because I want to go. <laughs> we're we'll work on them to give us those resources. Yeah, yeah so but we can, we can share. share. We can yes. share them with your district, and you can utilize them in your new district mm -hmm. to introduce the mushrooms, especially to the littles. Mm -hmm. You know, his kids are young, and and uh, young kids like to learn. They love to see things grow, and they don't have patience. Mm -hmm. So, fast growing mushrooms really hit the spot. They don't have to wait for months and months to harvest it. They only have to wait days before they start harvesting it, um, which works for their attention span. So we would love to support you and your new district. And in addition, we would love to provide you with a printer and 2,000 labels um, for providing us with the recipe so that we can share it on our website mm -hmm. and you can share on your social media. Well, and that you. of That's course great. is the beautiful mushroom panini. <laughs> <laughs> and that was actually a Wolfgang. That's a recipe that I learned when I worked at Wolfgang Peck. So you're saying you took something from outside of child nutrition and yes. brought it into child nutrition. Yes. That's and right. of course adjusted it a bit because mm -hmm. The bread had to at least be 51% whole grain. Now yeah. we're going to the 80%. And um, 
we had to reduce the amount of cheese we were putting on that panini, mm -hmm. but the mushrooms made up for the flavor and the other vegetables that we added to it. We did both a, a vegetable panini, which included the mushrooms. It included um, uh, sliced zucchini, onions, uh, bell peppers, and then we did um, chicken panini, which had the chicken as the main uh, source of meat meat ultimate. Wow, and what did the kids say about that? The line Ooh. was out of the door. He said the line was out of the door, y'all. <laughs> this was at uh, Azusa Unified School District where I worked as a director about five years ago. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to do something different for the students. I really care about what we put on that plate. For me, it's about making sure when that child walks into the cafeteria, they have a good experience. They enjoy that meal. I don't want to see that meal going to the trash. So we sat down with that team. I had some really excellent team members in that district who were passionate about the food. We put our heads together and said, what can we do differently? So we came up with, uh, let's do paninis. So of course we had some excess fans mm -hmm. and we are required to spend down that money. Uh, we bought panini makers, the grills, and uh, we made... We tried, we said, okay, what three do we think are going to be popular? So of course the vegetable panini was one of the popular ones, the chicken panini, and then we did a Monte Cristo. What's in that? That's a, <laughs> that's a sandwich. It normally has three types of cheese. So we used Swiss, we used pepper jack, we used mozzarella, and then uh, you put it on French toast. You put that cheese and ham in between two slices of French toast and then you just let the cheese melt and then you sprinkle it with a little bit of powdered sugar. It sounds like a high calorie uh, sandwich, but we adjusted the recipe it to make sure delicious. we... Yeah, it is. <laughs> You've it's never very had popular. one? I've never had one. No. The Ooh. Monte Cristo? Yeah, never. Ooh. Well, they get a lot higher fat when you dunk the whole thing mm -hmm. in the egg wash and then grill it. Oh, man. But the students really, really loved it. And uh, with our paninis, I discovered that mushrooms were something, if cooked properly and if slowly introduced on the menu for the students, they will actually eat meals with mushrooms in them. So what was the demographic at the school district there? At Azusa, it was, I would say, about 96% Hispanic. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, interesting. Um, so, what were what are some what are some other mushroom dishes that you've prepared in the past for your students? So, in Rosmead School District, which is a K through five, uh, we had some challenges, just like everybody else mm -hmm. during the pandemic. We were getting uh, shortages, substitutions, and I remember one day I asked. I, I had such an awesome team in Rosmead. <laughs> These ladies would just go above and beyond for the students. And on this particular day, we were expecting pizza. We ordered pepperoni pizza. It did not arrive. We like giving our students options. We just don't like doing cheese pizza. Mm -hmm. So we had the cheese pizza, but of course the pepperoni wasn't there. And we knew the kids were going to ask, where's the pepperoni pizza? So I told the ladies, what if we try a vegetable pizza 
with mushrooms and bell peppers and onions. I mean, we had DOD produce and uh, they were up to trying. So we gave it a try. These are young students. I mean, they're K through five. We, didn't, we, we really didn't know what their reaction <laughs> was going their to be. <laughs> yes. And uh, we ran with it and we cooked the pizza with our vegetables and our mushrooms. It looked beautiful. In fact, um, uh, school, school nutrition and fitness uh, highlighted it but also uh, school meals that rock mm -hmm. highlighted it on their social media page. Yep. And what a positive response. I thought the kids were going to pull those vegetables <laughs> off the pizza, mm -hmm. the mushrooms, but no, we actually had a principal just go out to the lunch room and ask the students what they thought. And all the students he asked, he just like did a question, how do you guys like today's pizza? And the kids, we love it. How many <laughs> of you like it? Put up your hands. And almost, I'd say, all the students apart from maybe 10 students said and, they didn't like it. And this is K through five. And this is K through five. We had a high Asian uh, percentage at that school. But, mm -hmm. you know, Asians do use mushrooms in yeah. a lot of their dishes. So they mm -hmm. know what mushrooms are. Yeah. And was that... Was that fairly recent? Because I, I when I visited you, mm -hmm. I actually got the idea for this podcast because I saw mushrooms on pizza, and I had a conversation with Melissa previously, mm -hmm. and she was. I asked her how, how could we serve you, like what can we do for you, and she asked me to find districts that were using mushrooms in in their recipes. Mm -hmm. So then when I went to your district, I saw that I was like, oh wow, I got to call Melissa and tell her about this. Mm -hmm. But was that so? When you first started, was that last October? October? That was uh, this school year, actually. Yeah. It was in, uh, I believe it was October or, yeah, October. Yeah, because yeah. it's funny because the very next day after I posted some pictures mm -hmm. um, from your school, mm -hmm. I was tagging something from tips for something very similar. I was like, oh, well, I didn't even know that they had already been out there, did a story on this. It was mm -hmm. just kind of funny how it all just coincided together. It was, it was great to see that, one, we got the publicity for doing and thinking outside the box, mm -hmm. uh, but also my lunch, lunch team, the cafeteria ladies, they were just so excited to yeah. be featured on such a popular school nutrition uh, social media page. Yeah. And, um, but what was the highlight was the reaction from the students, mm -hmm. giving them something that you don't know whether they'll like or not, yeah. some mushrooms, and they love it. Mm -hmm. That kind of gets you thinking as a school service, food service director, what else is out there that I'm not offering my students that they'll actually like? Sometimes we think kids don't like certain food items, but these students eat out at restaurants. They yeah. know good food. Yeah. They are up, they are up to, you know, trying anything because they have curiosity. Um, they have culinary expertise because they go out to really good restaurants. They eat out. They're no longer eating McDonald's and Taco Bell and stuff only. These kids know food trucks, especially mm -hmm. in California. So as a food service director, I really try to keep up with the trends. Yeah. 
and uh, see what are restaurants or food trucks or food is doing out yeah, there that I can bring into schools. And for me, mushrooms is one ingredient I'd really, really try to work with more. Well, shout out to you for being an innovative problem solver <laughs> by adding mushrooms on the pizza. And shout out to Tips for sharing that with everybody. Because, I mean, that's one of the things that I love about Child Nutrition is you guys are all on the same team. All mm -hmm. the programs work together. And then you have social media platforms like Tips that share all this positive information. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully your story inspired other districts across the country to take a stab at trying mushrooms on pizza. Mm -hmm. All right. And that is, you know, we find that is the number one way that kids eat mushrooms. And so when you look at, at pizza toppings, 54% of the adults choose mushrooms right behind sausage. Mm -hmm. So that means they're seeing their parents eat it at home and most likely eating it as well. We've seen um, the great rise in mushroom retail sales mm -hmm. when everybody started eating cooking at home. So. They're eating mushrooms at home. They're eating mushrooms out. They're eating mushrooms on their burgers. Mm -hmm. That's I see that a lot, mm -hmm. even in schools. They're eating mushrooms as burgers too. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Alternative to meat. Yeah, that's yeah. The, the original vegetarian burger is the portobello. Yeah, you can make it vegan by putting a hummus mm -hmm. type of spread in it. Mm -hmm. You can make it vegetarian with different cheeses. Um, so there's a great way to really make it as the original vegetarian burger coming back. They used to, you know, bulk at the price a little bit, but portobellas are now so much more readily growing mm. from what they were 20 years ago. So the price point, especially if you look at fake meat, is really quite <laughs> reasonable for the yes. portion and the, the attitude that it's upscale, right? Mm -hmm. That's part of what I see mushrooms bring to the table is kids do see them as an upscale addition to their meals. Mm -hmm. And it's the gatekeepers who think the kids aren't eating mushrooms. Because once you put them out there, those kids are eating mushrooms. Like anything else, there's, will every child eat mushrooms? No, no, but not every child eats pepperoni either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mushrooms are definitely trendy. Oh, they are. They're on the top list of 2022 trends across the board. Mm -hmm. And we've been saying, it, you know, wow, mushrooms are trending. But that's because they are sustainable. Mm -hmm. They can grow. We can increase production. We can adjust production between whites and browns and portobellas based on what you want to buy. Mm -hmm. it, more so than so many other agricultural support. Um, Again, we're doing the vertical growing, so we're able to produce, what is it, one million pounds off of oh. one acre. Wow. So, you know, it's really a cycle of sustainability throughout the mushroom life, from the spores to the bedding being reused, and the peat moss, you know, all of those um, go into careful temperature and, and break down, so then they provide lots of fertilizer for mm -hmm. lots of home growers too. So it's, it's a very uh, cool product to represent. Um, it's in your state, mm -hmm. California is a very large producer, but then we see some of the specialty mushroom producers out there who are close to a school district. And so 
up in Minnesota, one of the dishes was straw mushrooms mm. because that was right down the road from them. Very easy to obtain the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's when I look at the growth in mushrooms in schools, it's been, it's been phenomenal because we fit into so many normal cultural diets. If you just look at what is normal, the Asian population, and I always told that the Hispanic population doesn't eat mushrooms, but yes, they do. Uh, my friend chef, you know, one, <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he says he grew up eating them and mm-hmm. he continues to eat them um, and has been serving them, at, you know, at San Diego mm-hmm. um, public schools. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, opportunity to continue to expand all of U.S. agriculture. You know, the, all those cans that are stuck out there in California, let's replace them with American-raised agriculture. And I second you on that. I mean, portobellos are one of my favorite mushrooms. I cut them up and saute them and eat them with pretty much anything. I could just add vegetables to that. I could add them to chicken. I love, one of my favorite dishes to make as a chef is a stuffed chicken breast and just stuff it with mushrooms and uh, spinach and feta cheese. It's healthy, but it's also very, very delicious. And I mean, the things you can do with mushroom sauces. I mean, you can do a demi-glaze and then you can throw some mushrooms in there to give it texture. So all those things are possible in schools too. And I believe as food service directors or menu planners, we just have to be open to trying. For me, my motto is try, give it to the kids, Mm -hmm. do a test test, do a survey. If the kids don't like it after three times on the menu, then it won't be a favorite. But you'll be pleasantly surprised when you put something like mushrooms on the menu and you get positive feedback from those little ones. I think so much of it now, too, is um, menu planners and directors need to be inspired. Mm -hmm. So they need to see the cool things that you're doing and and hopefully they'll go and they'll try it. Mm -hmm. So speaking of that, um, Seattle Public Schools, a great friend of ours, I'm not sure if you guys saw, but Chef Emmy from Seattle Public Schools just... um, put braised shiitake and bok choy with tofu rice on their menus. And I need I'm that recipe. I'm looking at a picture of it right here. <laughs> and it looks delicious. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I will send to you so you can check that out. But they're doing some crazy innovative things with mushrooms too. Yeah. Um, but that's again, because he wanted to diversify the menu. Exactly. Correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. He's got a very diverse population up there. And the menu, um, when he took over... Mm-hmm. He began to really revamp the menu to more reflect the district's diversity mm-hmm. of uh, ethnic flavors mm-hmm. and um, meals and really go scratch. I mean, yeah. he, he first started just moving scratch. And now that he's been there a few years, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the team he has assembled and are creating, obviously, a vegetarian. Yeah. Menu, and that's where mushrooms, you know, we're, we're gluten free too, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. It's like a superfood. <laughs> it is. It is. It has a lot of nutrients. Yeah. I mean, it has uh, 
lots of uh, potassium in mushrooms. I mean, mm -hmm. just the nutritional content in a mushroom. And um, I agree with you, just having a diverse menu, we now have students from different cultural backgrounds in our districts. So the bowls are very popular now, the Asian bowls. Mm -hmm. uh, we do a yokisabe bowl in our district uh, because we have students who want to try something a little bit different from, a, you know, the regular hamburger. Not that they don't love hamburgers, they do. But if you give them something different, something they haven't heard before, yeah. they're up to trying it, especially high school kids. We have a lot of kids going vegetarian or vegan. So we can use some of those things like mushrooms, like more fish on our menu. And um, a lot of school food service directors, I mean, this is an awesome group of people. They care about kids. I get most of my ideas from other food service director. I mean, I belong to different uh, school food service director or uh, uh, food service professional communities, and people are always willing to share ideas. So if you have that wonderful recipe utilizing shiitake mushrooms like mm -hmm. you just mentioned, I could just email that director and say, can you share your recipe? And everybody's always willing to share. So it's yeah. such a cool community to belong to, but it's also a group of people who really care and are passionate about what they're doing. And I'm glad that we are working with the Mushroom uh, Council to bring more mushrooms into schools because I will be willing to share my recipes with any district that wants to use those recipes because I've also gotten ideas from other districts and brought them into my district. Yeah. So <laughs> Melissa, do you have any sort of tips on bringing mushrooms into school or any um, common misconceptions about mushrooms that you want to debunk right now while we're on the podcast? Um, well, you know, I'd like to address the fact that, it, you know, a lot of people look at mushrooms as being maybe harder to handle. And I find that starting with sliced, and cooking them. So you can um, oven roast mm -hmm. sliced mushrooms. We have a couple of recipes on our website. One is the savory mushroom that includes some seasoning and some sliced onion mm -hmm. so that it then becomes a sub ingredient for many other bowls mm -hmm. or dishes or on top of things like burgers or Philly steaks. And so when I, that's what I say. When it comes to processing it, outsource it. If you want to buy them sliced, buy them sliced. If you want to quarter them and roast them, buy the mediums. Mm. It may sound weird, but the mediums are going to give you the most consistency in size, and therefore your roasting is going to be effective across mm. the pan. Food service is what I wouldn't buy for schools in general because it's a mixed bag. Mm. You get all the types. And those are better for larger operations that are just processing, you know, a lot of pounds of mushrooms into a variety of sauces where they're blended more. Um, so I would say the other thing I would say is whites and browns in our program credit the same. Mm. So when you look at the food buying guide, we do not have a different credit for portobellas versus whites mm -hmm. versus cremini any of the others, so you can sub one mushroom for the other. 
very easily within our food buying guide rules. Do they taste the same, whites and browns? Some say yes, some say no. <laughs> no. no. I don't find a question. difference. Other people say yes, there's definitely a difference. I think the portobello one is more meaty. Yes. Yeah. If it tastes like, to me, it tastes like I'm eating beef, really. Yeah. And that's because it's older, okay? Um, when I say the white and browns, I guess I was referring more to just like the, the mediums, mm -hmm. the cremini versus the whites. I don't find much of a difference. I actually like to mix them for a saute mm -hmm. so that if there is any flavor nuances, um, you get them in there. But the portobello is the older sibling mm -hmm. of the cremini. And they're more expensive because you have to grow them for longer oh. until their veils open. And that's where that flavor comes in. Mm -hmm. It's a matured onion, uh, matured mushroom. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's uh, it's more flavorful. But yes, it's it, it's an amazing, and, and I do see, I do think we're gonna see portobellas come back as the vegetarian burger. Mm -hmm. Because most vegetarians I know don't wanna eat fake meat. They, they truly wanna utilize mother nature's flavors to support their diet in a clean label way. And mushrooms are very clean label. I think that's something I would be up to trying, do a test testing of a mushroom burger yeah. at the high schools actually, see how that goes. Just to Absolutely. let you know, I love doing taste tests. So <laughs> give me a call on there. I'll give you a call. <laughs> yeah, fly across the country and try mushroom burger. Yeah. yeah. He's a good eater. If you fed him now, he'd, he'd eat it. If you had a portobello burger, he'd eat it right now. Actually, I had yeah. some portobellos in my refrigerator. <laughs> uh, that's cool. So, um, so you mentioned a high school would be willing to do like a taste test or something like mm -hmm. that. But do you feel like it's important to taste, test, and introduce these mushrooms to your um, elementary students and then almost kind of prepare them and get them used to mushrooms at an early age so they eat it like as they, they grow? Like, as they grow. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, we did it at Rosemead mm -hmm. where we tested it on the pizza and that was well received. And now they'll be eating mushrooms for the rest of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if they try something from a younger age, they're up to, you know, grow up trying or eating that same item. Uh, but I like to do high schools first mm -hmm. because um, I find that the high school kids are very honest when they give their opinion. If yeah. they don't like something, they will, the younger ones do, but mm -hmm. the older ones will actually tell me. So yes, I like to do the high schools and then go down to the middle and elementary school sites. But I agree with what you're saying. If we teach them at a much younger age, they're up to picking up those healthy eating habits and make uh, smarter choices. So and I, I think that, sorry, but I think the data has shown that since 2012, um, the increase in fruit and vegetable consumption is there mm -hmm. at schools. The healthy eating is at schools. Our, our problem, you know, like everyone else was the pandemic through all those menus and all mm -hmm. those choices and all that nutritional education was lost, you know, do it and it's coming back. And that's the biggest thing that I, you know, I've seen since we reintroduced the fact that school meals are school nutrition mm -hmm. education as well. We are part of the educational system and we need to be part of it, not a segregated, 
separate piece of business, mm -hmm. but an integrated part of the child's school day because yeah. a child cannot learn if they do not eat. And uh, in Bonita, we have a really good uh, culinary program for the students. So Melissa, maybe I'll put you in touch with the teachers who teach that culinary program and you could give them some ideas about using mushrooms as well, because if we have fellow students introduce them yeah. to fellow students, they're up to. I love it. Yeah. Well, there you go. We could mm -hmm. have a little contest yeah. to see which uh, Portobello burger won mm -hmm. and then test it at your school and give them a little prize. Hey, let's hey, do it. We heard it right here on the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think that would be very interesting, but it also ties into wellness. Mm -hmm. You know, what are we doing? How are we involving students in making decisions, not only about their menu, about what they consume? And are we teaching them where their foods come from? Mm. You know, are we showing them that these are the different ways you can cook this food? I mean, this yeah. is a mushroom is probably a not better alternative, but a better alternative to fake meat. Mm -hmm. I honestly am not for fake meat. I don't, I don't <laughs> eat fake meat, but um, I'd rather just eat my burger, yeah. you know, but um, I think I agree with Melissa that teaching kids right from the go, but also bringing these items in so kids know where their meals come from. Maybe another thing that the Mushroom Council could do is a lot of schools have school gardens. Mm -hmm. They do, unfortunately, because of the short, these grow kits are not usually outdoors. Mm. See, most of the mushrooms are grown indoors, mm. which does not make them compatible with mm -hmm. the majority of school gardens. No. However, all the other hyper-local to produce it and, and grow enough um, mushrooms are there. Mm -hmm. um, they're there right down the road, usually from wherever you are, uh, to provide that education. We also, on our website, have a lot of the farm-to-school materials mm -hmm. and parts of a, a virtual farm tour, as well as uh, some time-lapse mm -hmm. on how mushrooms grow. So our materials are actually our top-rated downloads consistently month after month. And that's because the dietitians that I work with really did a great job at narrowing down. And we try to give you and others like you the tools and resources that they can then feature mushrooms without um, recreating the wheel. Mm -hmm. So we have handouts and we have uh, uh, class plans all for K pre-K, K through three, and we are looking at expanding it up as we go, um, including the future FFAs mm -hmm. to get them interested in, in being mushroom farmers. So we're very proud of our um, educational pieces up there, and I hope you'll, when your schedule slows down, <laughs> um, you'll be able to take a look at them and see we have the really cute new um, mushroom superhero on a sticker that said, I tried it too. Oh. And it's so cute. So he's a mushroom, he's got a mushroom and then he's wearing a cape. I see that guy everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like some of those yeah. for the K through five. That's a way yeah. to get them to eat. Exactly. You know? They love a sticker. And oh, people yes, told do. me, they said, 
we don't allow stickers in schools anymore. I said, except for taste tests. Of, and they're like, oh, yeah. Because yep. those kids wear that sticker proudly. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we, we found that very helpful. And we continue to, that's brand new one. We had a different one, but this is just really cute now. So we keep refining and developing our materials to support the littles, especially with, uh, there's so many of the school nutrition that cross over into child nutrition mm -hmm. with the pre-K and after school programs. And those are all blend in. You know, the younger we reach them, the less resistant they are to it. It's when we wait to introduce things to their more, most awkward. Mm -hmm. I remember when they started like public speaking in junior high, I'm like, it's the craziest time in the world to start public speaking. Walking, talking hormones with attitudes. I mean, <laughs> nobody wants right that. There. I don't <laughs> no. like that recipe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and they're doing that now with nutritional. You know, my daughter like yelled at me because I fed her son eggs one day. I was like, this kid needs protein, not carbs. Mm -hmm. And so now they're saying, oh, yes, we want to introduce eggs and peanut butter and wheat younger. I'm like, yeah, I, I made it similar to yours, but I made peanut butter um, sandwich mm -hmm. on a whole grain toast and then French toast it and then cut it up in strips. So I gave them all three all at once. <laughs> It was there. Yeah. They could gum that down yeah. without any teeth. So yeah, I violated all those rules. But but you're I a did, grandma, so you can do that. Yeah. Well, I yeah. did it when they were babies. Yeah. My kids. They were always like, okay. oh, yeah. You know, you have to respect the grands. Yeah. <laughs> um, but most of them are, eat well. But again, introducing children younger to a wider range of things. Um, I always say, you know, we really don't have to introduce kids to bananas. They don't sort of know what they are. They get plenty of those. Yes. So maybe, you know, going beyond the bananas and applesauce yeah. isn't so bad. And you do see it. You see jicama. Mm -hmm. You see, you know, some different things out there that the kids are more than willing to eat mm -hmm. when, when presented correctly. Mm -hmm. So before we wrap things up, I have a question for you, Melissa. Okay. Um, it's completely unrelated, but not really at the same time because we, because I need to be educated by you and Stella so you can answer this. And it has to do with burgers, mushroom burgers, right? Okay. So my wife recently bought a pack of mushrooms so we can make mushroom burgers. So I love mushroom burgers. I'm talking like a t typical burger with mm -hmm. mushrooms on top. Mm -hmm. Okay. But then I had to leave for this trip. So she wanted to freeze them. Can you freeze mushrooms? Is that okay to do? You can. Okay. Yes. They, they're going to change the texture and like a lot of things. If you freeze mushrooms, you can't eat them fresh. Very true. Right? Mm -hmm. Because that, the, the texture is going to be changed. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will saute them and then throw them in the freezer. Gotcha. Okay. Now. So that you cook it while it's still in its fresh state okay. and then freeze it mm -hmm. in its cooked. She's nodding. So. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of also ties in the flavor when you saute them and then freeze them, then they will, uh, you won't lose that flavor. Okay. But I think when you freeze them raw, I'm not mm -hmm. sure I've never frozen them raw. Okay. This is the first I'm hearing about it. But I would saute them then freeze them. I just didn't want to waste the mushrooms because I love mushrooms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was going to freeze them. Hey, she should have made you an omelet or something. She should have made me an omelet. You know, a to-go to container. And you could yeah. have had that 
before you jumped on your fly. Yeah, Ashley, you should have made me an omelet with mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna say, "Ah, uh, yeah." <laughs> after right. after the three kids, she's gotta take care of while yeah, he's right. yeah. <laughs> well, he's four. traveling. I'm, I'm the fourth. I'm the big kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to hang out with me today and talk about mushrooms in schools. And Melissa, how can people get a hold of you? What's the website where all your resources are? What's the best way to contact you? Well, you can reach us on mushroomsinschools.com. You can find us on Facebook at Mushrooms in Schools, Twitter at Mushroom K12, or find me on Facebook as well. And reach out in any of those avenues and tag us if you do want to share a mushroom recipe. We're always collecting real school recipes from real school chefs so that we can share on our website all the great mushroom success stories out there. Wow, that was smooth. I feel like you've done this before. Yes, she has. <laughs> and, and Stella, how can people get a hold of you to maybe get some of those innovative mushroom recipes? Well, I'm uh, the food service director at Bonita, so you can always look look, look her me, up. My, <laughs> look me up uh, on our district website, www.bonita.k12.ca.us. My phone number is listed under the contact, and my email is listed under the contact information. Uh, but uh, you can also ask any director in the San Gabriel Valley know who I am. <laughs> it's not very hard to know who Stella is. I'm kind of loud. <laughs> no, you're not loud at all. Shy, but loud. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for uh, just making me a part of this uh, podcast. And Melissa, thank you for the resources. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to introduce an item to students that's not only nutritious, but tasty, because we want to make sure they eat and they're ready to learn. Yeah. All right, ladies, well, thank you so much Absolutely. for your time. And I feel like after we do some of these taste tests and chef demonstrations and all that stuff, we should do a recap of this podcast and see how it all went. Okay. Good idea. Wow. Yeah. Maybe by then we can come in and have the kids after you do the burger and we'll test that. Yeah. When, they, when we present the gift to the kid. Whoever child will have to figure out something decent. Yeah, I'm they in. like gifts. Yeah, kids they like, like gifts. gifts. If you tell them there's a gift, they'll come. Well, exactly, but you want to make it culinary, so I don't know. Yes. We'll figure something out. Knife kit? Do they not have knife kits by then? Probably not. Knife no. kits for kids. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> How about we give away some growing kits or something? Some growing kits. Growing kits. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a little safer than knife kits. A little safer. Well, I'm just thinking of our culinary students. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. your knife roll is sort of your... If they're older, if they're in high school, maybe, I uh, would have to ask their teacher if that's acceptable. But I know knife kits are expensive. When I went to culinary school, that was one of the most expensive items I bought. Yeah, you know, more expensive than textbooks and stuff. So, yeah. right. so even just the, the roll-up and, and one or mm-hmm. two knives, I mean, to give a starter, because I know mine, what do I have? Eight knives in there, mm-hmm. you know. So, but they like the chefs like to pick out their own knives. I but feel like I need a knife kit now. I don't have a knife kit. You don't have a I knife, knife kit. <laughs> we need to get together and buy yeah. you a knife kit. I like gifts. I like knife kits. So I need a knife kit. <laughs> I know what to send you <laughs> yeah, for Christmas now. Exactly. <laughs> All right, everybody. We've well, been listening to the Next Up podcast, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Next Up podcast sponsored by the Mushroom Council. 
For more information on the Mushroom Council, please visit mushroomcouncil.com or look for them on your favorite social media platform. Produced by NextGen Network.